We are joined in this segment by Ward 7 Alderman Joe McMiniman. Alderman McMiniman, good morning to you. Uh, the first question for you, I-, I wanted to get your thoughts after the bun shooting. Good morning, Chris and Greg. I heard your back and forth earlier this morning with callers, and I think we definitely have to respect and acknowledge the law enforcement quick response and a coordinated effort. We had uh, SPD there, Springfield Police. We had uh, sheriff deputies helping. We had uh, state police there. And to coordinate different forces, all with an unexpected situation and a very dangerous situation. I think the FBI complex. was involved too, uh, right? I mean, they had uh, they had the FBI there um, to a degree uh, assisting. That I I I, did, I wasn't aware of that. Um, but then he also had also their bun security. Um, so it was impressive, uh, you know, for a horrible situation. And we don't know the motive yet. And so maybe we'll learn something about that as time goes on. Um, the mystery of it all is uh, real upsetting. Everyone knows that something like that could happen anywhere, anytime. We are a very armed society, and that necessitates that our uh, law enforcement be armed because they have to be prepared 24-7 for whatever situation happens anywhere. Talking with uh, Springfield Alderman Joe McMiniman, of course, uh, the Monday after a uh, tragic shooting at Bonomatic here in Springfield. Uh, and I'm sure that we're going to hear a lot more about that, uh, especially as I hear more about um, the victims uh, and, and who they were related to. And uh, it's just um, it's it's pretty remarkable how you can wake up and uh, the entire world changes. Um, uh, just a matter of uh, moments. Uh, Alderman, of course, we'll we'll hear more about that uh, and get more reaction across the board from all kinds of people um, uh, about the uh, the Friday incident. Uh, but there's you know business still goes on in Springfield, and you guys have a Springfield City Council committee uh, committee of the whole on Tuesday after having last week off. Uh, there's going to be room for uh, a lot of debate about uh, boards and commissions. Uh, let's hear about uh, the lay of the land here. Uh, last time you guys were. We're talking. Uh, there were concerns about some people being on too many boards and commissions, or others who may have raised uh, what uh, may have been perceived as political concerns. Where are we at with this conversation about uh, appointees to boards and commissions for Springfield? We're slowly moving forward, Greg, and unfortunately, I think the goalposts keep moving for our mayor, which is treating our mayor unfairly. He put forward some nominations for appointments more than two months ago, and uh, first the concern was, well, let's increase the number of seats from seven to eight, and that was done, and let's um, appoint a tenant on the what's called the Housing Council, and then delay, delay. I thought, I thought we had a consensus to vote on it uh, two weeks ago, and we never got to the vote on some of these nominations. Um, now we're changing the ground rules with ordinances, which I, I agree with the ground rules that, um, namely, one ordinance will say that you've got to be a resident of Springfield to be on a policy-making board. That makes sense. And then um, another one says you can't be on more than one board. I think that can make sense and can be workable. But, again, I think those types of ground rule changes should be prospective. I don't think you should bring those in to block a nominee which is being done here. I think the mayor made some nominations based on the ground rules that he knew at the time, and I think we have to honor that. And so I think it's um, kind of plain unfair, but um, that's just the way government works. And 
we'll get through it. So with these um, couple of measures, and again, talking with uh, Alderman Joe McMiniman, uh, and this was highlighted uh, just briefly last time you guys met, a couple of the measures, one would limit uh, a person from only being able to serve on one commission or one board. Another one would require uh, an individual who's appointed to actually live within the city limits. Uh, so you've had these other individuals who've been nominated for, like you said, more than two months, and they've been kind of sitting back waiting and wanting to get involved with uh, the boards and commissions they've been appointed to. Uh, this has to be signed off on by the city council. Uh, do you th- I guess did these proposals to change the, the, the framework for who can be on these boards and commissions, this, did this just recently surface and you're saying it's because of some of the nominees that have been, have been put up? Um, this has just been raised in the form of an ordinance. Yeah. This, this, uh, in the last month in the past, we've talked about, okay, let's be careful about who we nominate. And it's been more, should we approve this nomination or not? I think what's prompting this is that there's a particular nominee, Dean Craven, who I think is a very worthy nominee. He's uh, got vast experience. He uh, would represent the uh, builders, uh, particularly the home builders in Springfield. And he did run for alderman in Ward 8 a year ago. And I think it's unfair to him that now he's being blocked. He would be an outstanding nominee and and serve well on the housing council. He He's very well motivated. He wants to get us uh, as a community building in our tipping point neighborhoods and, and uh, neighborhoods where we've had a lot of teardowns. He wants to get uh, activity in those types of neighborhoods. And it looks like because he's already serving on the zoning commission, he'll be denied to sit on the uh, new housing council. But you need ex- people with experience and uh, broad connections throughout the community and he would be one of them and it's a uh, unfortunate i believe he's going to get blocked so well and we uh, we hope to talk with uh dean graven uh we might have him scheduled for tomorrow chris uh so yeah. we'll get his reaction to all of this as well because uh, his name was brought up a couple of weeks ago when you guys met um so i mean what do you say to those like uh, older woman turner who who raised you know there's plenty of other experienced people out there who aren't already serving on a border commission well, I think she raises a good point, and I think it's okay to pass that ordinance. In fact, on the residency, I'm a co-sponsor, but I don't think it should be used to retroactively block a nomination that our mayor made in good faith. I think these kinds of changes to our city code should generally be prospective so that future nominations of the mayor would have to honor the new policy of the city council. So that's the distinction I'm making. The other What's things- going on? What are we going to look at for the Committee of the Whole tomorrow? There's always a bunch of ordinances that never see the light of day, and some of them are uh, neighborhood-related ordinances. For example, we're going to vote on a multi-use path uh, for Hill, Hilltop Road. That's over by Rochester. It's in uh, Alderman Redpath's ward. It's a safety issue. There's a, a Hilltop Road is, is narrow. It's dangerous, and so this will be a pathway for bikers and pedestrians. We've got the Walnut Street repave and what's called a road diet highway safety ordinance. Uh, that's Walnut Street between South Grand and Capitol. Um, it was, that road was really tore up uh, last year for uh, piping work for sewer and uh, water pipe work, and now we're going to repave it, and we're going to change the lane, the, the lanes configuration to make it safer and, uh, and so forth. That road is parallel to MacArthur. It doesn't take the same amount of traffic, so instead of going two lanes each way, it's going to be, a broad one lane each way. We'll see how that works out. We've got a major, this is City WLP, we've got a major electric underground cable replacement project 
that will be approved for Country Club Estates. Um, that's a, a neighborhood in both Ward 7 and Ward 8. Um, we've got the cable, underground cable there. Instead of overhead lines, we've got underground cable. And now uh, they're reaching the end of their, of their useful life. So that's going to disrupt, but for the good, um, properties between Bell Reeve and Gulf Road. Um, a, a substantial uh, activity there. Uh, you know, lots of underground uh, digging and, and, and so forth, but then the, the, we'll have fewer electric outages in that area. Same thing in, at the north end as an underground cable replacement project. Um, we've got some other you know, financial-type issues before us. The property insurance for uh, the power plant will come up for a vote. Um, well, on that uh, power plant story, Alderman, is enough being done uh, to hold uh, some of the employees there accountable for that $6 million malfunction that happened? Yeah, we're seeing more reporting regarding the discipline that was issued. Uh, just a very tragic set of uh, missteps by the control panel operators that should have noticed uh, electric uh, changes taking place and failed to take steps, and then we end up with a $5 million of damage to unit number th- number five, or excuse me, unit number three. And so um, it's water over the dam, Greg, but it's a wake-up call to all our uh, technical workers out there to to perform their jobs to standard and to make reports when they see something amiss, and then we have to take corrective action timely. Well, that's an expensive uh, malfunction uh, that's uh, definitely going to be uh, impacting ratepayers, uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, there's also um, the uh, issue that uh, Chris and I have been kind of following as far as uh, when it comes to the city's finances. I think, what, it was $3 million less in the treasurer's report um, that was recently reported. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are going to be like moving forward, but do you think it's enough being done to, to shore up the city's costs amid the, the pandemic? On the power plant, um, we do have some coverage for uh, the insurance. We're going to get four fifths of the of the damage paid sure. for, but uh, still a million the, dollars, yeah. yeah, which is tough. You know, yeah. still yeah, a million dollars, yeah. So for the five million dollars, we get paid with insurance. On the on the broader financial issues, you know, this is a a topic that's that's uh, nationwide. Our federal government is just borrowing. Our corporate debt is high, and uh, at the municipal level, we're going to see. Uh, a very, very difficult budget situation for the city of Springfield, uh, probably a shortfall of 10 to 15 percent of the revenue that we need to balance the budget. And um, it, it continues. Hotel, motel tax is not there. Video gaming has not opened up yet, right? Uh, you know, they did announce video gaming can start here soon. Do you think that's okay. going to at least help? Day, yeah. Well, yeah, that, well, we've still lost three months of revenue there. And then the sales tax, you know, the, the mall and the, the big box stores are not selling like they used to. I don't think cars are selling like they used to. So we've got a really major, major problem uh, facing us down the road. And it's going to take everyone holding hands to um, get through this as a nation, state, and uh, localities. Well, and on the video gaming really quick, and i got uh, one more after this, um, uh, if, if you don't mind, just a couple of moments. But uh, the video gaming aspect, uh, I mean, you were opposed to it at first. Um, I think you're still opposed to it, but you want that money to be used properly for infrastructure where it's at. Uh, so how important is it that that gets back up and running uh, to, to fill up those coffers? I'd rather rather have other sources of revenue, Greg. I think it's a sad commentary that we got people basically wasting their time in front of machines. A lot of older senior folks do that, that uh, have no families. I think we've got to 
find alternative activities for them when our bowling alleys are shut. But you know what I mean? Um, we've we got to um, make sure we have uh, softball games, uh, inside recreation, outside recreation, reading clubs, book clubs, um, all kinds of activities so people don't feel like that's their outlet to go sit at a, at a, at a machine and um, waste their money and their time. So I'm, I'm against video gaming. I think it's addictive behavior. I think some people with early onset Alzheimer's get stuck with that, and um, and their drugs that they take um, allows for that kind of repetitive behavior. Sorry for the, the speech there. No, it's quite all right. Uh, and then uh, there was a report somewhere, Chris. You, you saw this report yeah, uh, about uh, well, well, automatic well, pay. Well, yeah, and... the automatic raises. <laughs> the, the automatic raises kicking in. Uh, um, you know, what are we doing to? You know, is that the kind of message we should be sending right now? You know, the the the, the pay increases for everybody. I know some have given them back. I, I don't know if you have or not, but 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 is that the kind of thing we should be doing right now? Well. At the city council level, you know, there was no pay increase for nine years. So a year ago, we voted, I think it's uh, what well, became a 1.5% increase, which is, I think, uh, $4 yeah, a week for yeah, the aldermen. I think much. it's kind of a false issue to kind of focus on that because the um, alderman pay is not where the money's going to go. Uh, we have broader issues. But any pay increase I got, I think it came to $250 for the year. We've given that times... 10 um, to local charities, my wife and I were just going through the numbers last night. And so my attitude was, I, there's lots of charities out there. If you give, if you, um, <clears throat> if you decline your pay increase to the city of Springfield, it's like making a charitable contribution to the city. Uh, we decided we'd rather um, take that money and give it to charities that need it locally, whether it be the Food Bank, Boys and Girls Club, uh, Morning Compass Program. Um, we've got a list of about 20 organizations we've given to, and I encourage everyone out there who is in a situation where they can give to give because we've got so many worthy uh, charities that need help right now, and uh, it's going to continue, I think, for two or three years. I think this is going to be a very slow turnaround. The virus is coming back nationally. Um, we're gonna, we've got a very deep recession on our hands, and it will continue. All right, well, I will say, uh, Alderman in Springfield, you guys get what, like twelve thousand a year, yeah, they, they, or something they, around that, uh, around that. Yeah, and the yeah. eventual pension—I got the pension statement. The eventual pension will be two and a half thousand dollars a year. Oh wow, uh, that's, that, that's uh, not vastly, the pension we got to worry about. The judges are getting one hundred thirty thousand dollars. It's year. vastly different than what it is in Chicago. I think Chicago aldermen get like six figures. Yeah, they, well, they represent about seventy thousand folks. We represent ten, uh, roughly twelve thousand. Sure. Yeah. All right. Terrific. Alderman McMinnon, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. Have Brandon a great game. On that we'll talk one. to you later. That's yeah. good. Right, exactly. Appreciate yeah. that.